Yeah, my volume levels are good. How long gone? I'm back in LA, it's it's 90 degrees, it's noon, and I couldn't be happier. Jason, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm overall pretty good. It was nice to have a, a sleep where you have the windows open at night. Mm, get some of that fresh air while you're dozing off. Uh, but I did have a, a little bit of a morning halfway through my, my sled workout. Mm-hmm. I locked my keys inside my car, <laughs> and then <laughs> no, I like this. I have a spare key, so I called, I called Bay and said, "Hey, I locked my keys in my car. My water's in there. It's ninety degrees. I'm sweating like a whore in church. I can't refuel with my layered." Thank God it was just your layered water and a how long gone Nalgene and not one of your beloved dogs in that car. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I would have had a uh, yeah kettlebell through the window. The Nissan doesn't have dog mode like the Tesla. It hits a little bit different. So she was like, "I'm a. I will." come bring you your spare key as soon i'm about to do my uh, online therapy shout, shout out to better help <laughs> so i had to wait then you know 50 53 minutes for her to <laughs> do that do that <laughs> so then i was like all right you know what i i and i ran out of coffee filters this morning i used my last coffee filter you're falling apart if, if i don't Jesus if Christ. i don't have my java if i don't have my java oh, it's a problem don't talk to me till i've had my mud so i so it's 90 degrees i have i'm dying of thirst because i have no water i've just been dragging kettlebells around the the park for an hour mm-hmm. i walk down to the to the coffee shop wait in line I asked for a cold brew, premium, splash of whole. Of course, of course. And I, they course. have some coffee filters there, so I re-up on the filters, go to pay for it. Actually, the uh, Apple Pay is down right now. So <laughs> I went over and I, th- Ooh, baby. I threw the coffee filters. They gave you the they gave you the cold brew. They know you. They did not give me the cold brew. The cold brew was Are never poured. Are you fucking poured. kidding? I was kidding. Are you fucking kidding? No, that's wild, man. That's wild. Yeah. Like if that if that happens and the coffee shop doesn't give you the coffee, you can't go back. That's disrespect. You're a known entity at that coffee place, and one you're saying that one of your Armenian brothers didn't hand over his black MX and pay it forward. No. I mean, if I was wearing my Yeezys, but I can't work out in those. No, of course that yeah that would go against the the knees over toes philosophy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if if any of my barista shooters were working, of course on the house. But you know, I had I, w- I was working with the away team, the D League, and th- that didn't happen. So then I hoofed it back up the hill, and then Bay came and rescued me, and then I was able to finally go drive back to the coffee shop, finally get it. I was I was so close to stealing, but I, I can't steal from a small business. <laughs> I can't steal look, from a small biz. I don't know how small the bit. There's there's five locations. I mean, you know. Okay, you know, I mean, they're 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 doing quite well, but you know, I, I have no I have no remorse stealing from Bezos Farms, but you know, I understand a small biz in, in my neighborhood as a local member of the community. Mm-hmm. That would be bad. I got that. that I have too much at stake. That would be bad for him. And then I got back in my car, uh, and then my car didn't start for what? a few turns. <laughs> but then I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" But then you know, on the bo- I was like, "I have to podcast with a." With another writer from Condé Nast, I, this can't be happening. But then it finally, by the grace of God, she turned over and uh, and here we are. Yeah, if I had to do this one alone, I don't know if Anna Wintour would have given us our monthly check, our stipend. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you made it back. But that's a tough morning, and I think it goes to show that sometimes the the jet set lifestyle can leave you discombobulated. Every time, every time, and this 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 kind of stuff happens to me as well. Where I, you know I backed into a pole. You know, I'll not 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 yesterday, not today, but I just mean in in the I last. I mean, six l- lest we forget the the smoothie convertible story. It, oh, it can I happen mean, to even even Chris, a, a person whose mind is bright and alert at all times. Yeah, I'm not even hungover. I have no excuse for my stupid mistakes, except that I am stupid myself. Um, but I'm I'm glad you recovered. Um, maybe go take the Nissan and make sure the oil gets you know changed. Make sure the fluids are all all correct. Look, I just had it serviced. Um, I, maybe maybe a month ago. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. It could have just been. It could have just been God's hands, or you know, maybe 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 the heat because it's the first really you know scorching yeah day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but look, I'm glad I'm glad you made it here just in time to podcast. I imagine you haven't showered. Of course, there was no way there was time for that. No. No shower, not not even close to showering. I have a photo shoot tomorrow, so 
you know, I'll probably. Oh, that's right. That's right. How, how is that coming along? How's the pre-pro looking? Pre-pro is good. Just sent out the call sheet this morning. So how many names are on, how many names are on the call sheet? Is it two or three? It's two. Okay. Three, including the uh, one of the person's emails that got bounced back. But yeah, it's it's two recipients mm. on this call sheet. So is it, this is the kind of thing where like a a call could have been a text, a call sheet could have been an email. You know what I mean? It didn't maybe need to, did you make the full PDF with your, with your logo? No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was just, it was just an email. It was only an email. For some reason, I like, even though it kind of goes against everything that is me, I guess it's a little bit of a, a photographic memory. Like when you, when I write all my thoughts out, uh, it works better if I'm writing it by hand, like if I'm sending a message to Keith. Okay, guy. Okay, this guy. All right, all right Hunter if, uh, S. Thompson. If I just take relax, all my ideas, relax. If, once I write all the ideas out, oh. I'm able to retain the information and kind of get. If I'm I'm spread, I'm sending this email to to my team, uh-huh. but it really is for me. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can understand so, that as a producer. Okay, all right, all right, Jason Steinbeck. You're, so you're basically you're 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 taking out your quill. You're pinning your email on on paper, mm-hmm. and then are you are you just you know what could be cool is if you if you just took a you wrote every email by hand, uh-huh. took a digital photo of it, and just <laughs> sent that over, and you know in the body of the email. That way, people are getting to see not only your your thoughts and your process, but also your beautiful penmanship since you have a, a, a graffiti background. That's a great great idea. And these, you know what these sound like, Chris. It sounds like an NFT project just waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your next your next substack is just a picture of five pieces of uh legal paper scribbled on. Mm-hmm. Unintelligible, but that's not the problem. Yeah, there I think there's like isn't there kind of like a slow living movement right now? This sort of works into that a little bit where like electronic mail Ugh, what is that doing to the to our environment? Is electricity is bad? It's you know, bad. have you heard have you heard about this stuff, Chris? I've heard that everything is bad. So every <laughs> everything that we do is either bad for our fellow man or bad for the environment or both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to do as little as possible. Luckily, I don't care about the fellow man. I don't care about fellow man. Uh, the environment. I'm going to be dead. Hopefully, uh, by the time it's fully ruined. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, I use a I use a um plastic water jug every single day uh, and i would love to cut back on that but there's been some delays at, at ben edgar's corporation about getting my custom gallon made so yeah and also next time just a side note whenever you bring that gallon over to my house and you squish it on your head party guy style from the 80s movie <laughs> let's the the bigger trash cans are in the backyard and i'm gonna want you to dump those there and so okay. kind of cram in the whole gallon container into my into my simple human pull out you know it just it takes up so much space and then because the it's you you pull the drawer out and sometimes Mm -hmm. your plastic gallon will come back to life after you've squished because you're not strong enough to really kind of compress it down yeah yeah yeah. it'll come back to life and it gets stuck when you're trying to pull the door and it can be a hassle and i know that you're not used to having the trash cans in the backyard but you know, once you kind of work your way up on mm-hmm. the ladder, you won't have to keep them in the front where people can put the poo poo in there. I actually hate. Uh, I actually think <laughs> trash cans in the house are also disgusting. I prefer to use a oh, interesting a Whole Foods bag and then dispose of it every day. I like that about you because that's kind of Asian mom style is to use the, the the grocery bag and then dump it. Like keeping trash in the house is crazy. I mean, I think it's also a little bit of a New York. When you're living in a smaller space, it really feels crazy. Yeah, but you all, it also depends on what kind of trash. If it's like food, stinky stuff that will smell and rot, that's out of there mm-hmm. night of. That's a one-nighter. We're not sleeping over. Mm-hmm. We're not exchanging information. But you know, if it's just you know like a paper towel or some mail, then yeah, that's fine. No, it all goes out. The mail goes. You can't sleep knowing that there's mail in the house. I like that. No, it's just it's just a nice routine to get in. I feel like it keeps the house clean. It keeps the, it keeps the smells nice. You can, just- you can sleep in the house knowing that there's a mail in the house, but not like a parcel, as it were. I'm excited to go to another overpriced fussy dinner with you tonight. Um, which I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. We're off to Kispaka. I don't even know how to spell that. It's a meat lovers paradise. C H I space S P A C C A. Our guest today will probably know all about it. He's originally from L.A. I think now he's in NYC. I love, I love that it's called an award-winning meat restaurant. Some people out there love meat. I love meat so much. All right, I'm well, eat I, it all. I can't wait to. I'll, I'll pay for the veal tongue with the salsa verde myself out of my own pocket for you. That's the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of guy that I am. 
Um, I'm. It looks like I'm. It looks like I'm going to be eating very light tonight. No, you, you you'll be eating fish. I'm sure there's going to be some broccolini that'll also get a little char on there. Oh, not a char, <laughs> Jason. You're crazy, bro. Okay, we do have a guest today. I'm sorry. I was getting so excited about about uh, our meal. You're getting Daniel riled riled up. I'm getting, yeah, Dan Dan Riley is our guest today, correspondent from Condé Nast GQ magazine. He's he's written multiple books. Uh, uh, Fly like me from 2017. Barcelona days from 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to ask him why America continues to forgive Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. uh, what it's like to build with Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. why people care about Nick Cage. I don't get it. What it, what it's like being a nonfiction and a fiction shouty at the same time. Oh, Not a lot that's of people right. Cross Dan- streams like that. He's polyamorous with the pen. Yeah, Dan gets it both ways. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it both ways. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's give let's give Dan a call and we'll and we'll find out what's going on with him. Okay, bye. Where are you, right? You look like you're in a in like a WeWork with audio capabilities. I mean, that is that is literally how I would describe my arrangement right now. I am I am back in the uh, the Condé Nast offices after some some time away, uh, helping out with a project here, and I came down and found the little uh, the little audio lab that they built here. So I I think of the Condé Nast tower as my we work right now. So you're in a room specifically treated for audio recording. It seems to be. I've never, I've never been in here before, but I see a, uh, you know, some control panels over here. I'm not much of a uh, some control panels of a producer myself, but not an audio file yourself. That's yeah. fine. But it's it's nice that you have that kind of audio quality though, because most of our guests, you know, especially the ones that are famous musicians, they like to. They like to kind of use an AirPod and walk around, so it's nice that you respect Grammy award-winning music on that level of professionalism. Uh, most people can even dream about. You respect the craft, and you're also not a sex pest. Well done, Daniel. <laughs> no, thank you, guys. Thank you. No, no problem. And Daniel, also, I want to situate the listener. Daniel's wearing a button-up shirt, and I just want to say it's nice <laughs> because I'm I'm wearing. My U.S. Open uh, year 2000 T-shirt that's a little too big that Jason likes to point out. Jason's, of course, not <laughs> not wearing a shirt after his issues this morning with his workout. Oh, I thought that was a T-shirt. No, no, that's just no, your, he, okay. This is my this is my flesh-colored shirt, baby. Like Ed Hardy or something. Yeah, he has been known <laughs> to, to wear one of those Ed Hardy long sleeves that has the tattoos kind of pre-applied. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, for you, he thought better of it. Oh, uh, thank God. Um, well, Dad, why are you why are you in New York? They needed you to come to the to the they sent the bat signal and you hopped on delta one i think he lives there oh you do oh i'm sorry I thought, no no okay, no. Okay. i'm from los angeles originally live in new york um back doing an editorial mm-hmm. billion for a bunch of people who had babies at the same time and so that 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 was the bat signal exactly you're here to clean up the mess of all these condé nas breeders is what it looks like daniel <laughs> i mean yeah it's interesting they i think that the children weren't allowed for many years when i was here and so it's interesting to see how that broke the other way children weren't allowed yeah pre-pandemic it wasn't like an official rule but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't, but it was it, understood yeah those are my favorite Re, uh, reproduction of the family's bloodline was frowned upon at the very least exactly you either needed zero children or like a 20-year-old that was out of the picture that would not be interrupting you from late meetings or... I got to say, it sounds fun over there at the tower. You, you call it the tower? The kids are usually hot and go to a good college. You know what I mean? If they're in their early 20s, which is always nice. <laughs> and then they loop right back for that internship. The only people exactly. on earth that can, that can afford to take that formerly free internship at, at Condé Nast. <laughs> Formerly free. Is this unpaid? We call it formerly free. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a nice human centipede of, of literary minds. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. If, if it, uh, you know, if the last name sounded familiar, the answer was yes, it is that, mm-hmm. that person's child and, <laughs> and or niece or nephew. I feel like we're one comment away from some guy with an earpiece coming in behind <laughs> you and being like, Daniel, we're just going to go ahead and kind of wrap this up now. Now, this is why I'm in the soundproof booth instead <laughs> mm-hmm. of instead of out in the open. You know, it's like nobody's nobody's got offices anymore. You're just kind of kind of kind of stuck out in the middle. There. Listening. No, that that open that open floor plan has has ruined shit talking. I can imagine. I mean, that's <laughs> what 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 fun is an office if you can't talk shit to your coworkers about other coworkers? Or it's just more brazen, and you just hear mm. hear people talking shit about you, and you're just like, it's it's a little more. People got people got used to the uh, it's like the the Twitter the Twitter thing which by the way I was just I was just reading 
about the uh, the New York Times asking its asking its employees to clean their act up and uh-huh. get back to work or something like we that. We call that we call that the Taylor Lorenz effect. <laughs> it looks like her it looks like her hurt feelings and departure to the to the competing the competing Washington Post has really shook the core of of the, the so do, do you think it's be, is it because the New York Times is like you guys are leaving all the you're, you're giving all the good stuff away for free on Twitter or it's just like we need to kind of button up our reputation if you're a if you're a Times writer you're gonna have to kind of keep your side of the street clean while you're on payroll is that is that what it is yeah it, se- it seems like there's uh, there's a few different things going on there they seem like concerned that everybody's like fighting with each other you know like children eating children and then mm. also that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just like an old-fashioned, like, why aren't you working harder, you know? Or, what, like, right, right. How, how do you have time to spend so much time, you know? It's and- the classic, when when you work at McDonald's, the time to lean, time to clean. Sure. No, I think it's I think it's because they're, they're all arguing with each other about personal brands. That was the big story. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. But also, yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, I feel like... They let it rock for so long, you know, with no rules at all. And now they're like, we can't really, you know, add rules to this, but we can ask politely if you guys would calm mm-hmm. the fuck down and get back to work. <laughs> we have important stories about burnout to write. So if we could just hur- hurry up, that'd be great for everybody. Right. Take a page out of our own page and treat, t- tweet, <laughs> treat tweeting like a treat exactly well i heard you talking about giving yourself little treats for 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 mm-hmm. good behavior but the problem is if you give yourself that 20 times a day a treat it is not anymore you know yeah i was i was shocked by treat culture and people i just don't think that i can't believe how bad young people's outlook on life is like i, I don't I, I don't really i cannot relate this is where i hit the okay boomer button carry, carry on no but i mean it's just like if your life is so bad that you have to give yourself a candy bar for running an errand i think there's bigger <laughs> fish to fry that that's all i'm saying it just seems it seems like are, is it really that bad if you're 22 and you can still party and you have your looks like what's the big deal yeah, <laughs> yeah i i am uh i'm not one to answer that question as somebody who uh <laughs> who was already on the new york times plan of tweeting which is like one once every uh, eight, eight or nine weeks, I think, and then mm-hmm. takes great pleasure in um, I don't know, just very boring things like walking around and uh, and reading books and stuff like that. No, you're mm-hmm. good. You know, you're good. You're you're my one of my favorite kind of Twitter archetypes. The guy who's checks in when he's got something to share. You tweet every time a book comes out. Yeah, pure pure promo. Exactly, it's pure promo. And then there's some lightly sprinkled friend promo. If the and the friends are relatively high profile, or at least the story is very well written. Unlike me, who's just diarrhea of the fingers. You know what I mean? It's it's <laughs> it's nice to see someone who's got such restraint in their sharing. Diarrhea of the fingers. No to our meme account. I mean, I I, I was like very. I had no idea um, what you guys had been doing these these last two years. My wife is a devoted listener, and I resisted as long as I could, but was definitely catching up. Uh, you know, like and kind of getting my my arms around it. And and let's uh let's get our arms around you trying to resist it as. <laughs> much as you humanly could for the last two years i'd like to know maybe three or four reasons why yeah no it sounded i mean it sounded terrible right and then and then it was was just one of those one of those things that seemed to in terms of subject matter or pure audio quality yeah no but yeah basically the audio quality exactly i'm only in it for the like you know the hundred thousand dollar a season highly produced uh six episode narratives that um that seemed to be he 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 didn't he missed the he missed he didn't see the gimlet logo on our on our artwork and he just kind of kept scrolling he just kind of abbey roads was closed for quarantine (laughs) reasons it's on at our this episode will be out in six or seven months daniel you and i share the same thoughts on this matter as somebody who creates three to four hours of edited professionally produced audio per week it is a shame when teams of dozens of people take months if not years to create six episodes you know what i mean what's really interesting is like i i am such a um i think that in the writing that I do, which is kind of like there's there's a couple uh, novels. It's mostly monthly magazine work. I've done my whole kind of editor career. Like I love a thing that takes months, you know, that takes a, a, a little a little time and really mm-hmm. cooks and isn't just something that is um, you know fired off as as quickly as possible. Of course, there's great great versions of all that stuff. It does seem like the audio thing. It's like God, there's got to be some medium between uh, you know what you guys are doing, like the second the second mm-hmm. we're done or whatever, and like the the year long thing. I, I don't 
totally understand it. I've done done some work, um, you know, just helping with being a script editor or whatever on things like that. And the I, I wish some of those resources could be spread out a little more or something in order to to uh, be have have that happy medium. I, I think a lot of these shows, though, that do what you're talking about, where it's like a 10 episode season and there's like a sponsor or it's like Amazon Studios. Yeah. I think they have to do it that way. <laughs> For them to get the money they want, right, to get. right, mm-hmm. to justify because, uh, the yeah. yeah, to justify the money because it's like those. I I would uh, guess that uh, often those shows it's not about numbers at all. It's just about like we sold the idea right. and you like the idea and GE is sponsoring it and they're going to give us two hundred thousand. So we're going to hire ten people, fifteen people, and that's what we have to do to make it seem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you go to a photo shoot. And there's 75 people when it probably could have been 10 people. Yeah, exactly. The client exactly. Wants, wants to see bodies. The client wants to see bodies. God, okay, okay. That, no, that makes perfect sense to me. You know, you guys probably know from kind of seeing that stuff up close that a lot of work goes into that like last percent of, of like, you know, like the, mm. the, the super specific production uh, thing that glosses it up to that, to that mm. highest thing. And kind of going back to the Twitter thing, it's like there isn't, yep. there's not enough that, that is, is thriving right now in between. Uh, tweeting and the the thing that takes forever, and that's sort of a, an interesting thing because I feel like that's always been the best the best stuff. I guess you know when you can see somebody who who makes a, a film and it doesn't feel like it took them five years, but it also wasn't shot on their iPhone. That's always feels like a win, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But there's mm-hmm. that sort of that sort of interesting in between them. Damn, that, no, you're right. I don't I don't think about this that much because I don't really listen. I mean, I feel like anything film or TV related just takes too long, and that's like the name of the game because, it, again, it's it's a lot more money at stake. You, you know what I mean? And we all expect books to take a long time because that's like part of the art form. Even that, there's sort of like a thing where you know it it takes as long it takes to to write a book, but then for whatever reason, production remains. You know, you, mm. you have to you have to turn in a book six months ahead of time or a year ahead of time or whatever, unless it's super timely and they're kind of crashing it through everybody has their reasons but it is it is weird that like most of what we consume is just was not thought through at all and that's probably why i don't tweet at all i was gonna i was gonna say chris that, that, that we don't know each other but like the thing that i've i've realized um listening to you is that you um you seem to be embarrassed by like most people you know like they you just find them like that like you can't believe that adults are behaving a certain way and i find <laughs> i try to be a, a I, myself myself included uh, sure, sure, Dan, myself included i try to be a <laughs> like work toward being a more like open generous person understanding how how others are and then but mostly default to just being embarrassed by what everybody's doing well so, then i like that you're trying <laughs> that's more than i'm that's more yeah, than i'm it's doing good that you, ha- it's good that you have a little angel and a little devil mm-hmm. it's a good balance to have but i am shocked every day by people's behavior every single day whether it's whether it's on the internet or in real life i'm shocked by people's behavior which i think is a, a, a chris problem mm-hmm. more than a society a society problem um but I I also don't know what that I don't know exactly what that says about me and maybe I should just relax is probably what the the main the main takeaway. Well, I is. think it's I think it's good to process the embarrassment of other people, you know, the lud- ludicrous actions of humans. But you know, you e- you either let them make you mad or you laugh at them and and let them roll off you like water on the, on the feather. But do you do you think that I mean I don't know how much like. Uh, feedback you guys get of of you know why, uh-huh. why, we, get, why people, we get quite a lot of feedback we get why quite people a lot of listen feedback. to this at all but i have to imagine that's part of it right <laughs> it's like somebody somebody articulating that and being like you know what it is embarrassing when adult men uh dance at a at a show or whatever mm. you know those sorts of- i think there are look i think there are people that subscribe to my kind of thinking for sure and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that i'm a voice to the voiceless <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to yeah. stuff that doesn't matter um, which is a, an interesting place to occupy. But I also, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that there are like, I think it's nice also because most of the stuff that we talk about in that realm is completely innocuous and totally. like doesn't actually, it doesn't actually matter. The stakes are incredibly low. Like the, the stakes are low, but also people have a strong enough opinion about these things to be interested in hearing you, mm. you know, with the clandestine AirPods on being like, I can never publicly admit 
or agree with these things, but mm. I get a kick out of listening to this guy yell and scream about it. Well, the, thank God that I've given a voice to the the dog haters out there, and that's the number one <laughs> thing that I feel. That's that's kind of my life. That's kind of becoming my life's work. That's the new birds aren't real movement. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's an under it's an it's, it's an underrepresented portion of society that I don't think uh, is is kind of accepted on 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 traditional platforms. Chris is swimming upstream. He's doing the hard work that a lot of people don't really have enough gumption to handle and i think there are other people that don't want dogs when they're dining you know and i think that they're afraid to say something but i'm happy to say that and if you know if i get you know if i get attacked by a pit bull then and i die that's that's how i was meant to go right right i've learned when you're when you're being attacked by the pit bull chris <laughs> give, give him give him or her your weaker arm okay. of the two so we're both left-handed so we're gonna give him that right arm and then the left arm is where you punch them square in the wet pink nose. Okay, so I'll give they my arm, and then I'll just kind of come over with like the left hook. Is that what you're saying? To kind of get the dog off me? Look, if you want to beat up non-binary animals, then that's what you would do, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I No, no, no. That's Let's not, clean that's up not what I'm saying. Non-binary streets. Is that what you're saying, Chris? No, this is that's just I have to protect myself against these wild animals that mm -hmm. people have domesticated. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Jason, is that is that a uh, palm tree on your um, shoulder there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Representing your your heritage. I'm a Cali boy. I'm from OC. Which town? Huntington Beach, bitch. Okay, that's like. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to the HB. <laughs> exactly. Welcome. So you're from you're from LA as well, but I'm assuming it's not square on Hollywood and Vine. Are we on the outskirts? What's no, up? no. I'm. I grew up in the South Bay, so okay. Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach, and which I feel like has has. Uh, cultural overlap with huntington beach in terms of the racism <laughs> in terms you're right in terms of uh the the you know closet uh racism and then also the um, you're, you're close to the trump golf course over there in pv right right well i guess kind of halfway between us so same kind of vibe where i'm from yeah and the uh and the but like also the the uh like lifted you know like chevy chevy pickup with rolling coal as they say <laughs> volcom stickers and stuff like that mm -hmm. i love i love volcom i you thank you guys for that thank you guys I love volcom for volcom too well it was weird because growing up there i i rebelled against that whole culture so much all of our friends were kind of like we rebelled against bro lifted truck culture volcom was the enemy and now that I'm, I have a sentimental mm. connection with like Sublime and Volcom and yep. all these like bro brands that used to represent everything I hated because I don't, I don't know why, but like it's your culture. You should have been hating the jocks, but like the the lifted truck bro people. There's a lot of chill chillers in that group as well who just want to hit the six footer and listen to some cottonmouth kings and just have a bomb ass burrito and just kind of have good vibes only you know they definitely don't uh they have a more uncomplicated relationship to their their own happiness i feel like they like they, yes, figured, yes. they figured it out right. and never mm. looked beyond yeah they're like i don't feel very good and they're like should we have margaritas and pot and like yeah and then 45 minutes later you're like today is the best day ever <laughs> i think that the that Cali laid back lifestyle, it, it's interesting how it's a, it can be a through line through many different types of people, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, the, none of these groups necessarily want to hang out together, but they all have that kind of attitude, whether it's a margarita and chips and guac. Yeah. Or it's, it's a, a martini and some fries. It's, it's uh -huh. kind of like a, it's an approach to life that doesn't exist. Definitely not in Atlanta and definitely not in New York. It's a Mediterranean almost. I thought a lot about this like grow growing up and my family was from there and I kind of just like had no access to anywhere else. And so thought that that was the, that was all there was. And then like slowly, mm -hmm. slowly like realized that we were like in a city, like part of a city and kind of discovered things just beyond <laughs> the South Bay and, and on and on and on. So what, at what age did you discover or did you kind of climb out of the bubble that you were in? I guess when we could start driving and just kind of like going up to Hollywood to go to see music or go eat somewhere or whatever, just anything outside of that. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. but you're, you're kind of trained. I don't know if it was like this where, where you were, but like everybody was made to feel like the place that we were was the the only place there was the best place there was in that anybody else would die to be there. And so like, why, look elsewhere i mean look to be fair bro it's fucking nice look it's it's it is nice it's pretty it fucking nice, nice. But it, it's it's a it's an amazing it's just an amazing mindset and it still it still exists and i love it and i go back a lot and i i sink right into it and uh can be 
can be persuaded that people are right, but it is a mm-hmm. utterly bizarre thing. But to, to your point, Jason, about the people who kind of like never move beyond that, like it's, that's part of what it is too. There's a real gravity to the whole thing where like, if you are like, I would like to, uh, like even my mom, I remember she was like, she, when I was growing up, she would talk about the time that she, um, you know, left the South Bay. And, um, I thought that this was like for many years or whatever, but it was like three weeks. She went to Morrow <laughs> Bay and like got a house and, you know, which is like a four hour drive. And, and so there's a real, mm-hmm. like a real thing to that. And, um, and I, I love that, yeah. that, that first, that first novel that I wrote is set in a different time, um, in the early seventies, but it, it's a lot about that kind of pull that, that, that those beach towns have. And like, it was weird being, when I was in high school, the OC was being, filmed in manhattan beach and so there was a real thing of like people learning about whatever that weird alchemy of my backyard is on this on the center stage of the world uh, just all all that sort of all all that sort of stuff and then going to college and seeing that people had watched that show and were fascinated by it and you started to Mm. kind of be like oh i guess there is something interesting here you'd you'd see them whispering about you as you walk down the halls exactly exactly that's what that's what you wanted though yeah but you i mean jason do you miss do you miss that stuff? I mean, like, does any part of you want want to go back there? Or uh... well, yeah. I mean, I, I live you know forty five minutes away from where I grew up, um, sans traffic, so I'm, I'm able to kind of go back, and it's always there. But people nowadays in our age range talk about like we have the the beauty of living pre and post internet, so we kind of are grounded in reality more so than the current generation who doesn't know life without the internet. And I kind of feel the same way about like I know life in and out of the orange curtain or the suburban bubble that, you know, that exists all over the world. So I'm able to appreciate the the suction that I get from it. But I know when it's time to jump out yeah. before I go, I get sucked in too far deep because so many of my friends and friends, parents and everything were like the thought of international travel is asinine to them because where they are is perfect. I wonder if what the stats are like for people that that like move back or don't have passports. Yeah, you know what I mean. That like I, I do think the draw or never leave, like you're saying, Dan. Like that's it's like maybe you go to college and you come back at the most. You know what I mean. But if you're bred to think this is the best place on earth, like like I said, there is some truth to that, at least weather wise. I think I think it's it's kind of like trying to find a justification for being a closed minded person or like trying to rebrand closed mindedness of just like why would I ever want to go to India and see how other people live and open my mind and be empathetic about other people's cultures and struggles or the beauty of other other cultures and, and people. You know, I just don't want to do that. I'm good here with with my country music and and my skinny girl spicy marks. The thing that's kind of interesting about the the South Bay area is that it's become like you know I, I don't know how this actually tracks for people who who uh, who live there full time, but like it does seem like just a ton of people who could live anywhere are choosing to live there. Like the, a lot of athletes, uh, uh, you know, a lot of Lakers mm. historically, a lot of Kings, a lot of mm-hmm. um, actors and producers. Like there was no Hollywood kind of thing going on there and there's like a we I, I totally get like proximity to lax and you can get a get a nice place near the water or whatever but like mm-hmm. and and as i understand it it's it remains cheaper than like you know really pacific yeah. palisades and whatever but it, it's it's interesting like that there there is a worldliness that's kind of coming in just by the kinds of people that are that are moving in and for better and for worse like i think a lot of people move there because they think it has a sort of 60s 70s surf culture thing that of course they themselves are displacing by (laughs) by moving in and and, uh and like trying to embody it or whatever but like there's it's kind of fun to watch those different those different cycles of just like why certain people are deciding to go there it's always fascinating to me because this happens in atlanta too like these guys live an hour outside of the city you you know like that it's crazy to me the the more money i have the more inside of the city i want to be like i would you know what i mean like i want to live in soho i would live in fucking beverly hills like i don't i if you have real bread you can get what you want it's not like size is an issue yeah yeah but how many rich and famous people do that i mean everyone you know all everyone in la is in calabasas or up in the hill no no in la it's in la it's in new york i think they live amongst us and that's part of the charm yeah because you can't really like you're not going to really do that i mean yeah but you can you can escape up yeah no i know i just it's so fascinating to me that the more money you get you want to live 
like so far away. And I, I'm just, that just seems like a, I don't know. I have no interest in making more money and then getting a hundred acres an hour, <laughs> an hour and 15 minutes away from a restaurant that's good. It just, it's a, it's a, I mean, I guess you have a chef. No, I, agree, I agree with you. I agree it's, with you. it's just more isolating as a celebrity. I think it's even more isolating, but maybe you don't have a choice depending on your level of fame, you know? Right, right. It's like a safety thing. Yeah, it's a safety thing. It's just an annoyance thing. Sometimes you want to just go outside and, not be hounded well look you don't have to go to alfred every day for coffee you could go there are other places to go <laughs> chris is saying they, they're they, they're asking for it is what you're saying they they want to be i really they, do they believe that be i think that. there are probably a-list celebrities definitely in new york and 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 probably in la that do regular stuff every day and it's fine because new york's the one city where the city will kind of leave you alone yeah because everyone walking around manhattan thinks they're just as cool as alec baldwin and just as important and famous as alec baldwin's so you're not going to go up and ask him for an autograph because you won't be cool. Anymore. But I, I just don't. Yeah, it's a perfect society, honestly. No, I mean it's more evolved for sure. But I guarantee you, if you if if take out the rats and I'm there. But if you want to go to if you want to go to hot spots all the time, like what do you think's going to fucking happen? That's like part of the you know. It's like you choose that stuff. You're saying uh, about the South Bay about like people are a lot of people are flocking there, and why are these Lakers and actors and people going there? And I think that's kind of the beauty of Los Angeles or Southern California is you can. There's a hundred different areas that you can live in with very unique attributes and capabilities. So you could really kind of tailor make, not to use a golf pun, please, your, your environment. Please do. <laughs> to, you know, like I live, you know, like a lot of people might want to live in Pasadena because it has a lot of stuff. You can get some good real estate, beautiful places, but you know, it's not by the LA, it's not by the airport or it's not by the ocean. So you can kind of get Pasadena by the sea over here in PV. The school district's good there. If you have kids, if you don't mm. care about kids, you can go over here. If you like hiking, go here. If you, you know, thank you to thank you to California Board of Tourism for sponsoring. How long? Visit California.com. <laughs> use the promo code. LA is great. It is great. No, my my favorite part about what you're saying, though, is is you know I only think about like these these uh, uh, neighborhoods of Los Angeles and New York like 18 hours a day uh, and <laughs> what they, what they say about people and my friends and the, mm-hmm. I've got the, the choices the people make. Is but right now. I, I like it. No, I do. I do love that, that, uh, you know, each one of those things uh, in Los Angeles says something about you, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's real or not, but people just can, can chop that up however they want. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it just paralyzes people on where they, where they choose to live and what it says about them. And, and uh, even though they're all, you know, in the in that same area more or less but that that is just like i love it i I love watching people especially that have never been there try to try to parse that we talked about on this we've we've talked about this a lot on the podcast about how the valley had this like bad rap because of the media and like hollywood but it's you know if you go there like oh this is pretty fucking nice like i totally get the appeal of this like the new jersey of of los angeles but if you don't know that if you don't go there it's like a punchline yeah daniel i was listening to a podcast interview that you did and you were talking about uh interviewing brooks that the the golfer guy brooks and and you're talking about the kind of process of when you're interviewing somebody and like you're with them and then they'll they'll go away for a while like him and his caddy will like drive to the restaurant on their own so you can kind of pump the brakes and get a little solitude so you're not always like on the record and i guess like you know like living in the valley or living in a place like that allow it's it's good to be like i want to go in and i want to be on the record at horses restaurant or at balthazar and then i want to be able to pull back and loosen the tie a little bit and just be like uh it's nice to be off for a minute yeah the the uh that, yeah whether you're doing a story or or whatever like you're saying like it is fun when you can kind of get close to somebody enough where they're start they start to kind of let their not just let their guard down but kind of forget you're there you know and um the real rules road rules challenge cast forgets that there's 10 cameramen <laughs> that the cameras are on shitting yeah. in the bathroom yeah i'm the i'm the guy you know just kind of pointing right, pointing the camera at the at the bathroom <laughs> no you guys you guys keep you guys keep having sex it's totally cool like we're yeah. not we can't show it it's tv like it's fine it's totally cool <laughs> did you change cameras <laughs> yeah exactly i i golf uh does nothing for me uh which we're kind of on, yep. on the record on that but i also want to know i'm fascinated by the tiger woods constant redemption and forgiveness by the american public in a way that 
I don't know if other people get the or are afforded the same grace that he is. Like the Masters started today, yep, and people are just frothing that he's playing. And I understand there's the he's fucked up so many times. He's injured. He's back. He's injured. He's back. Is it just because he's the greatest of all time that people can give him? Is that not enough? I mean, honestly, in today's society, absolutely not enough. I was um, <laughs> watching. Watching like very first shots of today's uh, round Masters Masters Thursday. Sorry like, for pulling a, pulling. No, no, the totally, to do this. totally hooked. Like, don't really understand even my own obsession with all of it, and and uh, and and yet can't can't look away. But the the uh, thing that that's kind of cool about the Masters is the old guys who've won get to keep competing. And what you realize is like, oh, this is the one game, the one sport where you know, if he were healthy or whatever, like it'd be like Jordan coming back and, and playing a kind of at the highest level. And like the fact okay. that, that what, the, what they want though, like Tiger under normal circumstances would, he's so healthy uh, in, in some ways, despite his body kind of breaking down, but he was, he was kind of the most physical of, of all players ever. Like he was in the gym more when nobody else was exactly. And he kind of, transform that but people i think were hoping that he would be around you know playing in the masters till he's whatever 70 years old or something and then he almost dies again and people are like <laughs> oh he's definitely never gonna play again and sure. then not only is he playing again but he's in the most important tournament of the year ready to go and uh it's yeah there's just a some some insane resilience there on top of that he came back completely jacked <laughs> yeah like he, yeah he's looking good he, he looks yeah. He looks even bigger than ever. You know, he's got the Superman pads. Yeah, his the back, the back and chest. He did not skip a day, Jason. That's what they're really cheering for, though. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about a, a person, like you said, at any age. You know, he's, you know, years past his prime, and he's been in our life playing professional golf forever. That anyone could be like, you know what? I'm just going to go and win the, you know, the biggest tournament and beat every single living golfer in the world whenever I want, just because I can. Yeah, to ha- to see that power is exciting. Yeah, and there, there's a weird thing too, and I, I don't really know how I feel about this, but like anybody who lived through the the Tiger sex scandal, like it truly is one of the craziest things that like ever happened in coolest, public life. Coolest things, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, that it guy, was just- <laughs> you can't take that guy to a Houston's in South Florida. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You just you just can't. <laughs> so it, there was just like a drip, a drip drip of revelations for 60 days or whatever. And he was like led that he was on the cover of the New York post, like more days than nine 11 or some crazy <laughs> thing. Like that. That's so, a like, great fact. Just, That's a great, it fact. was just so humiliating. <laughs> and, and yet, uh, you know, like he, he kind of sucked it up and came back from that. But I also think that like, maybe the, he was really dragged for that in a way that I, I do wonder if that happened like right now, if people would, he has betrayed or something. It's a good question. The Jordan comparison is is fairly accurate because I think they're both really non-sympathetic characters. Like they're not really likable at all. Like Tiger Woods is deeply unlikable to me. Like he he, he Mm. does nothing. He has no personality. It's very robot vibes. He's a philandering golf robot. Yeah, and his, who really somebody should give that guy an Uber account on his on his phone. And I love I Dan, I love painkillers. You know what I mean? Blondes, painkillers. <laughs> I get it, bro. I get it. But <laughs> you, you, but I understand. You but I just don't think that he he has no sense of humor. It's just it's strictly based on skill, which makes me feel like that's why people can separate it. Is that like we don't know. All we know about him is bad stuff, except that he's so good at this game, mm-hmm. and we can just focus on that because there's nothing in his life that is interesting besides his golfing. So, yeah, I guess similar to Jordan, because they don't have any room in their life for anything but yeah, drug use and bad shit. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. There's a there's a whole other set of of uh, other great players that have existed over the last ten fifteen years, and it seems like fans and media get like mad at them for not being as like psychopathic about their <laughs> their obsession and like because they do have other elements and whatever and tiger is like doing this this week wanting to destroy everyone else yeah he's a mo- he, no he's a freak that's why he's the best you have to kill people it's not like a fun to, yeah. like like <laughs> let me go and like that i think that people really respond to that you know it's just whether whether you're a, a method actor yeah that's or true a francis ford coppola level-headed level-headed guys don't get the headlines yeah it's just like when you watch somebody that's a, a you know monomaniacal in that way it's really i think people Mm. part part of people want to feel that they could devote themselves so wholly to something but really there's just a handful of people who can both do that and 
kind of make it manifest and the fact that he's been doing it since he was two or whatever it's really it's yeah. really wild I, yeah i love i love abusive parents um i don't know if you've seen <laughs> king, whole, king richard king richard's a great movie bro i don't know if you've seen it great movie because i don't follow sports at all don't care but i will devour any sort of sports documentary mm. thing for this exact reason because i think the singular focus part of it and being so good at something is deeply appealing to me, a person who's really not good at anything. The best sports stories, or the and the things that that I try to when I when I write about athletes is like it's important, I guess, that they're you know great at whatever their sport is. It's what I guess makes them a, a name and interesting in other ways. But I'm like so much more interested in like what what you've done to your brain to get in a place to yeah. to do that. Like yeah. there was I, w- I was just thinking back on this um, story I wrote on Cristiano Ronaldo, which was definitely one of the more uh insane stories i i got to do not because we had so much time together or whatever but like he was at a whole other level of that because it wasn't just like dominating other soccer players but like every element of his life was was so kind of preening and about putting him at the center of like the greatest yeah. movie that's ever been done and we we did the um the gq photo shoot and he he refused to put clothes on he was only gonna yeah, wear yeah. underwear exactly he's well yeah what was the, what was the grease budget for that shoot <laughs> the grease budget the grease budget yeah, yeah. he's one of the shiniest glossiest humans alive exactly exactly the gloss he, he brings his own gloss but he he did uh <laughs> he he they gave us an address as they do or whatever and we showed up thinking it was his house but it was in fact a house within his gated community that he kept only for photo shoots, activations, uh, to, to shoot the watch or whatever. And so you're at the media wing of his estate. Art on the walls, nicely appointed furniture, whatever that like, it was just for these, oh, for these special moments. Mini fridge and, with the Voss. Yeah. And so you're like definitely in a, in a different realm when you are with somebody that's not calculating about their image making. Man, the soccer, cause mm-hmm, we used to, mm-hmm. cause I, I work with Tom Brown and we, we dressed FC Barcelona. So I would go oh, yeah. and do these shoots and I've never seen anything like the way those guys get treated. Yeah. Like the, the level of fame and the level of like, they just levitate through the world. No, it's like, it's really different than the way we treat F. Like it's, it's so global in this way that I think there's like not a lot of other things that are comparable. And there's, and it's the one sport in most countries, you know, like it really yeah, is you know, one, one and nothing else. And so like there's, <laughs> There's a, uh, but there's also a way in which that like makes them all incredibly uh, solitary and lonely and strange. You know, he had, he also had a, mm. a young son by, at that point, uh, um, it was by a woman who um, had signed an NDA to never disclose um, who she was or claim, you know, any, any, anything. With <laughs> Damn, he was this Ronaldo little, on his drizzy shit. I like that. <laughs> he was this little, little mini me with him that was with him the whole day that we were together. And that was just like an incredible thing too of just he was dressed the exact same way i believe that ronaldo married some woman and now she has a reality show on netflix actually that could be this was this was maybe six or seven years ago and i haven't followed the personal life too closely but i i just love (laughs) being able to get a little a little glimpse into stuff like that but what do you think about this so this golf boom we're experiencing like the like people playing it yeah what's up man because it's like it's hard to be good at it it's expensive it's but i think people really hate their spouse so mm. they like the five hours, mm. you know what I mean? With but there's the got to be more, more to it than that. And uh, well, I, th- I think uh, maybe a better way to phrase this question is, Daniel, you write about golf for people who don't play golf, right? Right. Knowing Chris and his devilish ways, his diary of fingers and his diary of brain, pitch Chris on golf. How do you get him on board? I wish fewer people would be uh, would be playing. It's kind of crowded up the uh, <laughs> crowded up the public courses in like, oh, LA yes. County that I grew up on. That you used to be able to walk out to Brookside and in, in Pasadena or, or Rancho. And- yeah, yeah, Jason, yeah. Dan's a salty earth guy. He's carrying his own clubs. He's walking the course. You know what I mean? I used to get dropped off like as a little little ten year old and go go make my bones out there. And, you know, throwing down, mm-hmm. throwing down a buck for, for putting contests and all that sort of stuff. And like, no, it was, it was so fun as a, as a kid, it was like a great way to kind of kill time and, and, uh, and try to get better at something. I mean, I do wonder what the, like, why are people suddenly discovering it thing? Like, I don't know. I mean, like maybe it's like after so many years online of like optimization or whatever, there's like a physical thing you can do like a thing that like you are marking with the score you can see if you're getting better my favorite part of it is Mm, that mm. you can basically go anywhere in the country and have kind of a different outdoor experience which is no that's a a nice a nice thing too and you know so you're gonna it's gonna be different in 
in Georgia and Florida than it is in in California or New York or whatever. And you could get, I don't know, it's just kind of a fun thing to to get hooked on in terms of of all that. I don't totally get the like, I hated it until 2020 COVID summer. And then I, I saw the light kind of thing because it's like, I don't know, there are a lot of, lot of activities, but they were open. That was a big thing. The courses were open. Yeah, that happened with tennis a lot. And the same thing of like, you know, pitch somebody on tennis and we're like, no, we're good. You, you, you try to go get a, you try to go get a game over there and you got to wait two hours at the, at the public court. Don't, don't even get me started on these dorks playing paddle tennis. Pickleball, pickleball. Yeah. Pickleball. Pickleball. I don't, oh. I don't even want to call it that because it to disrespect well, we'll be playing it. that at some point in our age daniel what do you, how do you feel about the malcolm gladwell kind of tax evasion part of the golf courses taking up all of our all of our land displacing stuff yep. and and not paying any property taxes or land taxes on any of that what are your thoughts yeah i i uh generally agree with with all of that i do think that there's like a there's like a public a public golf course, private golf course problem where, where there's, mm-hmm. it, he's talking specifically about clubs in Los Angeles or other rich communities that, um, are basically grandfathered into their tax rate from, from earlier days. And so they're paying a fraction of what they should be for their property tax. From the 1400s. Yeah, exactly. And the, uh, yeah, I mean, they should pay more. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. But like, if they, but if they pay the right tax amount for 2020 standards, then, they wouldn't be able to stay in business. I think that's the only thing keeping their margins alive. Or would you would you disagree with that? I mean, it's weird in a place like I'm. I'm kind of confused by country clubs and private courses in general, just because like I'm always shocked at how many there are and that there are that many people with whatever amount of money to to spend. Mm-hmm. Look, I also- look, look, Dan, Dan, look. It's twenty five twenty five k initiation, but then a month. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's no. You got to spend a little money at the club. I'm sure your daughter loves the chicken strips over there. It'll be fine. Swim, swim lessons. The yeah, the whole, the yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. Swim lessons is a great idea for you. For me, the bigger thing is like I find it incredibly boring <laughs> to play a place as many times as you have to 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 go do that. You know, these people are playing mm. fifth, same place fifty times a year, and that's how I feel about the country house. Sure, you kind of want to go somewhere. <laughs> One somewhere different. You like a little deprivation. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it, and I play like like a dozen times a year. You know, it's just not there. It doesn't doesn't fit right now. That's it. Playing once a month. That means that once a month game of golf is electric for you. It must be so fun. The last time I played was actually with a, a former guest of yours. Michael Williams invited me out to the uh, oh known known golf influencer. Exactly, he influenced me and got got me into the pro am at the Los Angeles Open, which is a uh, oh nice, which nice. is a, a big tournament at, at Riviera Country Club out you're there. Playing, we got to, you're playing once a month, and you're able to hit the pro am. Okay, Daniel was not prepared for the fact that there would be like fans out there, and you know you're trying to not clank bank balls off people's heads and stuff like that but trying to get a whiff of bill murray or something exactly exactly fans fans do make things difficult they kind of ruin it but i get it wait but with (laughs) with the 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 monotony thing the boredom thing like i I was thinking the the cadence that you guys are on right you're like two years into this and Mm -hmm. how do you keep going what is the what is the three day or three day a week thing it's funny funny you say this we were talking to our agent about this this morning interesting um (laughs) i think it's just like to me it's like that's what we do that's part of the whole thing i mean jason i've talked about it it's basically like that's really made a difference i think in the beginning Mm -hmm. and to back off of that would just be it would feel weird honestly daniel think about a podcast as a car all right we got Kias, we got Lamborghinis, and everything in between. So we're kind of like a, a lifted, a lifted pickup truck with a Vulcan sticker and the <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, we are that for the ghost grocery getter, yeah. But on the weekends, <laughs> let's say we got the nice Porsche 911. It's got the turbo in there. You know, if you've ever seen Ford versus Ferrari, there's certain cars <laughs> where the RPMs it doesn't really work unless unless you're really getting some foot on the gas. Right, right. If you're if you're if you're on two three k on the RPMs, it's going to sound like shit. Mm-hmm. But once you're up in five, six, seven, oh, she's purring like a kitten, mm-hmm. and that's the way we're we're a car that's supposed to be driven fast and hard. So your agent was begging you to do less, and you guys said, "You guys said, no, 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 we got to keep going." Uh, kinda, yeah, kinda. Got to keep red, redlining. To be, this, this to be specific, to well, to be, we're we're not redlining. We're this is a good cadence for us, and it for me, it really helps out to where it keeps me able to work very hard and have a lot of output. 
uh, into the world without being overwhelmed. It gets a little tough if we're going to go on vacation or something like that. You got to plan some shit. But otherwise, you know, compared to somebody who works nine to five Monday through Friday and takes their weekends off, I, I so much prefer this and I'm still working less hours than that. I got to say, also, it doesn't, I don't know, man. We've never really had, like, there's been very few like how are we going to do this moments mm-hmm. right and we both now i mean in the last year we've both been like on the road like we're on the road like we're right. doing our thing we did a tour the whole thing it's just like i don't i don't know i mean once you decide to do something that's what you're doing and you kind of are are um i think it's also all in real it's all relative to what other things what other people are doing so like most people will put out a podcast every week so we feel we seem insane for doing 3x whatever whatever everyone else is doing but you know when you think about it outside of post-production or whatever uploading the shit and making you know promoting it on twitter it's three three episodes a week is three hours of work a week right yeah right. i don't know i just don't think about it anymore it's what it's like yeah this is just what we do and it's never been that problematic as far as like and i mean you know a couple of weeks ago like because of the way guests operate and and schedule things we just had to do four in a row like we had to do two back-to-back shit and it was just like yeah let's do it we got to do it you know and it's just it's mm-hmm. just fine. I don't know. I mean, I I just don't. Yeah. Yep. I would rather be doing that than like saying no. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm. That's that's right, where I'm right. at with it. But I, yeah. I I guess it does seem. I guess because of the way the genre works and like the way other people operate, like Jason's saying, it does seem crazier than it actually is when you think about what's what's nuts and bolts happening. I guess when I'm always when I'm working on a long term project or something I've done for. Uh, several several months or a couple years or whatever I, I kind of like that's in the time when I start thinking about like okay there's now there's this other mm. this other thing you know like I've done the the two books and the magazine articles I like the magazine articles because they're kind of done in three yeah. months and then you're on to something totally different and whatever and so like does it does it make you guys sort of look toward like okay I really like this element of it and not this element and how do we yeah the element the element I like is when the guest is fucking good and on time um and uh that's really it yeah and then i want to get paid for it it's really it's really that simple i mean i think it's led us it's it's been something that's led us to a lot of great places and will continue to do so i think and and we part of it i think we attribute to the the pace of it all and it gives you it gives you time to go more opportunity to go to dinner uh (laughs) still yeah exactly yeah i mean I've, i've i've worked so many jobs in my life doing shit stuff and the thought of being paid and making a living to, you know, talk to cool, interesting people all over the world, make a couple off-color jokes, and add a fun song at the end of it. Like, it's not work at all, you know? The only time, I, the I only, yeah, the only time if the tour felt like work. Yeah, that's true. Not, not the stage part, like, that's fun, but, like, when I'm, like, lugging a bag of merch around, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like I shouldn't be doing this. Like I'm. I'm yeah, I mean, what is, what's the you know, quote? Like you, you don't get paid all the money for for doing the work. You get paid. You get you get you make millions of dollars for dealing with all the bullshit in between. And that's mm, yeah. you know what? How much bullshit are you able to tolerate? How much are you? Yeah, willing to- yeah. It's like if you're go the fourth round of edits, you're like, God damn it! Like I don't want to fucking do this. Right. Like the book is good. Leave me alone. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You got. <laughs> that's when you start breaking down the. Hmm, did I just? get paid four dollars an hour for this book you know yeah, like yeah hold on how did that work so you're out? saying i get the i get the final payment when i turn this in and you guys keep delaying when i'm turning mm-hmm. it in i don't like this one bit i see what you're doing <laughs> right, right i see what you're doing you got fifty thousand dollars for this it only took you two years to make right, right. <laughs> are you do are you doing another book you got something cooking there's not not another book right now but um always kind of doing doing a few other things one of the reasons i left was um the editor job was to as a lot of journalists and novelists are doing is kind of uh, give a little more into the, the screenwriting script writing TV mm-hmm. film stuff. And so that's all moving along, but that's, did they, of, but do they, did they cop some rights from you? Was it that kind of thing or is it other people's projects? No, it, it's all, it's all been that stuff. So the first book was option, which allowed me to write a, a first script and then that led to other stuff. And then, you know, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. as um, anyone knows, who's had a a taste of it is sort of like you have a million things before one thing does or doesn't happen. And so Mm -hmm. um, definitely in that in that phase, but it's great. It's super, super fun. Another good excuse to to get home and do all that. I I think that 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 stuff is the Hollywood thing is a grind because I just feel like 
I feel like the way to make a living is almost nothing ever gets made. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> You're like, well, no, it's a lot of people. A lot of it's so strange. A lot of people make a lot of money by not making things, and they they mm-hmm. still make their their salary, you know, on the production side. And, and it's, it's complicated because it's sort of like, you know, I, that's all way above my head and I'm just trying to, to write some things and like, see if somebody can do something with it. But it is, it is interesting to watch because that does not really exist in, in books and magazines. There's not quite as much, uh, or not nearly as much like of the waste side of it, you know, not a lot of holding deals. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to commission something unless you plan to run it. We'll give you 3 million. So you don't work with Simon and Schuster. <laughs> exactly. this year. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on at, uh, at the magazine right now. No, but it's interesting just the way that like every writer I know is kind of trying to do find their own, you know, how to chop up the pie in terms of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do some magazine work and I'm going to do some behind the scenes work over here and do that. You know, like you kind of have to little copywriting. Yeah. Just whatever. Some stuff, some stuff with your name on it, some stuff without, you know, and kind of trying to, trying to balance all that. Uh, and it's interesting that not, I don't know any two writers who are kind of doing it, uh, the exact same way. Everybody's kind of got their own, like, Oh, I'm better at this. Or like we were talking about some people maybe go the audio direction and try to go do mm-hmm you know turn one of their things into a podcast or or whatever and i think that i think it's great that there at least there are options but it is interesting how there's really no no obvious path and so it's kind of in some ways it's fun it's like okay you have to go go figure out exactly what's going to work for you i'm still trying to figure out what works for me wait what do you do chris (laughs) what what is what is your job well i mean i'm ceo of how long gone Yep. Jason's the CTO. He's the chief technology officer. So that's kind of how we split the duties. Does he make more money though? <sighs> Actually, yes, he does. No, no, he does because he does more work because I mean, right, right. some people would say that my booking is, is a gift, uh, that is come so naturally to me. I shouldn't be paid for it. <laughs> I feel that way about Jason's audio skills and he agrees, but still kind of wants to get paid for it. So we kind of, we worked it out, you know, because while I'm working, he gets to go to art galleries. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Yep. And have coffee with friends. Uh, yeah, I get to go uh, have Zoom calls with my clients who pay me more than anchor ads. Right. Um, so it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's no. This is what I mean. You got things with your name on it and things without. That's and that's right. Exactly. Man. Exactly. That's the nice balance. That's what life. That's what life's all about. Let me ask you another question. I know that you guys were um, were early on the horses thing, and <laughs> I got my my one experience there. But what will be the next? the next uh, up-and-coming horses, if you may so predict. J- this is a great Jason question, but uh, who did, did you go to horses for the, the star-studded GQ event? Yeah, yep, that was the one. Must be nice. Must be nice. I guess Will Welch lost my email address. I don't know where that... I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, Dior doesn't fit me that well, but I could have made it work. He specifically you know said I mean? that I was in your seat, is, is how it worked. <laughs> oh, <out>. he said, <laughs> he said, look, look, Rob, Rob loves Chris, but you guys just work together. There's kind of a rapport yep, here. Yep. I'm gonna I, okay. That's my- tonight's business, not pleasure. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, right now the ne- the next hottest restaurant probably is is Mother Wolf, which yeah. is Evan Funky's pasta pizza place in Hollywood. I don't but know if the it's I think not the food, cool though. In the same yeah, way. I think that's the kind of thing right now is the 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 crowd is is a little bit more pedestrian and foodie driven. Just because it's a more famous chef name attached to it, but I think mm-hmm. the food will probably be much better there than horses. But, but horses, you're really going there. The food is very good at horses, but you're really going there to be seen. Right. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think that I like that all these restaurants are close to me, and I because I'm not mm-hmm. going to fucking Eagle Rock, you know, to try some <laughs> gym lettuces. Right. But so. I, I was talking about this this morning with my girlfriend. How with New York, it's like there are. There are 20 different horses, you know, there are yeah, yeah. so, you know, there's 20 different Balthazars in New York that are equally prestigious, hard to get into, good crowds. And in LA, there's always one or two at a time. And that goes for restaurants, that goes for bars, that goes for nightclubs. It's like everyone is going to this place right now. And we are going to fuck it out in six months and leave it decimated <laughs> right, right. in New York. Yeah, is, kinda, is able to spread it all around. I, but I feel like that's kind of like L.A. nightlife culture bleeding over into every part. Like the way a club can last for a year, you know, and then they got somebody gets shot outside. You got to close it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rename yeah. it, you know, redo the interior. Don't come for Justin like that. You're definitely you're definitely right, though. I mean, you're definitely right. I think there's I think there's uh there's one or two at a time, which is kind of nice. I mean, it allows you to keep up a lot better and then you ha- you know luckily for us we have relationships in these places so we can actually fucking go without our relationships we're nothing a friend of the show like the other night we we were leaving dashwood after this this calvin klein palace zine thing 
I didn't know where to go. I wanted to go to Il Buco because it was next door. I assumed we couldn't get in. I text my friend Al, who owns a restaurant here called Gigi's in LA. Shout out to Al. And he's like, I can get you. We can go to Balthazar right now. I'm like, what do you mean right now? He's like, go right now. And we went right there. Yep. You know, and I was like, damn, this is what it's required to go eat, you know, six and a half of 10 French food on a fucking rainy Monday night. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? It's like, and I, I want, I desperately wanted to go there. I was like, yeah, that's exactly but what I wanted. The Ilbuco thing is kind of interesting. Was, did you try to go there or not even try? I didn't, I didn't, because I didn't try. I, like I just the, assumed. I feel like the kind of like old, older uh, standbys like remain gettable because there's chasing and those other yeah, yeah, you know those yeah, yeah. other corners and stuff mm. and those kind of are the we'll go to Ilbuco. jason's never been there actually um and i used to go a lot i really like it so i wanted to go there but it was just you know when you're in new york for a couple days it's like we went to frenchette we went to balthazar they're both like fun restaurants and that was the experience right, right that was right. what we were mm-hmm. going for this was not this you know that's what the trip was about because it was a 48 hour in and out yeah. kind of thing you know don't worry i had a lot of bacon egg and cheeses sans cheese of course daniel are you keeping up with cheese free april as well no but i learned about it from you thank you no it's it, it, <laughs> it, it implanted in my mind and is, is kind of consuming me like uh-huh, we're uh-huh. we're making cheese we're making cheese for your april a thing here uh hopefully someone uh reaches out to kind of sponsor it and get it on yeah, the calendar uh, for 2023 hopefully uh yeah big sour cream maybe you can step up and fill their shoes yeah yeah somebody's gotta somebody's gotta fill in uh dan Thank you for joining us on How Long Gone. It was a pleasure. Great job. Great job. And Dan. people can find you on the World Wide Web. You tweet uh, once a month, just like your yep. golf game. Yep. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. you're, I'm sh- <laughs> you're available on Amazon.com, wherever you buy books. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes. Subscribe to GQ. It's eight dollars a year. You get a free hat. Nothing. Yes. Yes. The hat. <laughs> my my the the woman who checked me out at my grocery store the other day had one on, and uh, and I really felt like the viral marketing was working. That's great. That's great. I love that. I yeah. love to hear that. She goes, "Wait, are you D- 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 Daniel Riley?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She fans out. That's so good. Uh, All right, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, We'll see you soon, man. Have a good one. All right. See you. Later. 